It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and the Adam Ritz Show is in uh, California, Southern California, on the campus of California State University, Dominguez Hills, and we are broadcasting in front of this beautiful live studio audience. All right. Thank you so much, the Toros, for the love. And we are here to honor uh, all of the student-athletes. They've been caught in the act with high integrity and community service and character and uh, academics. And we are joined now by the uh, SAC president, Danny Haley. Hi, Danny. How are you? Good. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, Tell our listeners at home, uh, what is SAC? SAC stands for Student Athletic Advisory Committee. It's an all-student athletic, obviously, run committee that uh, helps not only represent the school, but also in the community with community service, and each sport is represented in SAC. Okay, and how did you uh, become the president? Was there an election? Uh, Well, my freshman year, um, we had the the freshman uh, represented the baseball team, and then that's how I got started in it, and then I went up through the ranks. I was vice president my sophomore year, and I've been president in my junior and senior year. All right, and uh, I guess as far as the baseball team that you're on, tell us about um, your role in the community or a service project that you've done recently. Um, well, the most recent one we did was the McGruder Middle School visit, where we visit a local uh, school over here in Torrance. Um, we spend lunchtime with them, just hanging out, doing you know different activities with them, you know playing basketball, tag, whatever they want. And then we also get to sit down and kind of talk to them about the important importance of being a student athlete and how the student comes first. And without the student part, then you don't get to play athletics in college. You know how many people don't get that? That's fantastic that not only do you get it, but you're, you're sharing that with young people in the area. So that's awesome. Absolutely. So what's coming up, I guess, uh, next semester, next year, as far as uh, community service with your student-athletes? Well, next year um, we got a lot of events in the fall. Um, the first one we do is the turkey giveaway where we go over here in the community at the local plaza and we hand out turkeys to underprivileged families, um, kind of hear their stories, carry it to the car, talk to them, just kind of make their Thanksgiving a little more enjoyable. Um, that's one of the big ones. That is great for, for us to hear, uh, our listeners to hear, for me to hear, that young people are involved with the community because it inspires us to get up off our couches and go do something, make this planet a better place. Absolutely. So, Danny, thank you so much for your efforts, and let's have a round of applause for everybody here at California State University, Dominguez Hills. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. The show continues with a special guest. We welcome back to the broadcast, Jeff Saturday. Hi, Jeff. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great, and I'm uh, proud to announce that you're going to be a regular contributor now to the Adam Ritz Show. You're a socially conscious guy involved with a lot of charities and faith and family and football, and now that football's over with, you're officially retired, uh, (laughs) we thank you for your time to join our broadcast with your broadcasting skills. I appreciate it, man. I'm looking forward to it. This week, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, pretty much everybody walking the planet has had some sort of connection to a DUI, a drunk driving story, an accident, maybe even a death. 
Um, the big story this week with social awareness in my world has been the feds are pushing to move the DUI uh, limit from 0.08 down to 0.05. Um, you know, mathematically, that's not a huge number, but that is a big deal when you look about uh, look at uh, restaurants. You look at how some bars and restaurants make their money on on serving a couple drinks with a with a, a, a dinner and, and a, a guy and his wife out to dinner. Right. You know, that's going to affect tips for waiters and waitresses. It's going to, but you know what? Overall, it's going to save lives. There is a formula involved and. They figured out that if they move it from 0.08 to 0.05, it could save thousands of lives per year. Wow. Um, your thoughts on, on this from all angles? Yeah, I would say, like you said, I mean, you know, from a, from a, a life and death issue, obviously it's, you know, you want to trend in that direction, right? I mean, I, I lost a friend um, to a DUI in high school. And uh, so you, you, anytime you can take um, drunk drivers off the road, I think you're going the right direction. I, I do see the other side, though. Like you said, you go out, um, you know, how many bottles of wine have you bought? And, you know, with you and another couple, you know, you and your wife and another couple, you have a couple of glasses of wine. If it's 0.05, what does that do to that? Now you stop doing that. And, um, you know, how does that affect that restaurant business? How does it affect, uh, you know, your your responsibility as a citizen? Once you have a drink or two, what does that do? Are you 0.05? And um, I know it would affect pretty much anybody who goes out to dinner regularly on a date night. You know, when you get, you know, you're, you're an adult and you're going out with your wife, it's nice to go have a glass of wine. So, mm-hmm. um, but like I said, I mean, that's a tough, it's kind of a tough uh, um, thing to wrap your head around because it would totally change, like you said, tipping, restaurant businesses, which restaurants can stay open and not, and you know, how much they pay for the alcohol license, and mm-hmm. does, does it justify it now? Vineyards, I mean, you think all the way out, uh, it could have huge ramifications in our country. I'm all about saving lives, yeah. and I vote, you know, and it's going to take a while for any of this to push through legislation, but we're moving towards a society where it's going to be zero tolerance. Right. It'll be .001. If you register anything, if you smell like you sat next <laughs> yeah. to a guy that if had If you a, use a hand beer. sanitizer, you might get arrested. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> um, and you know what? That's... It's okay with me. Yeah. Uh, if it saves lives over the course of a year, that's okay with me. But right. I do see, you know, we were joking earlier about our kids. Their kids are going to ask us, Grandpa, tell us yeah. about what life was like when you could go to a tanning bed, right. when people could smoke, yeah. and when you could have a glass of wine with a steak at a restaurant. That's right. Yeah, no, every, everything is, is definitely changing. And like you said, when you're trending to the safety issue, um, it's, it's really a, a big deal. I, w- I would say this, though, just thinking about it off the cuff is, um, you know, how much is that going to drive up taxi and car services, because now it, maybe you still can do them, but you just, you know, car services prices might come down because you'll use a car service instead of driving yourself. And at the end of the day, like you said, protecting lives is, is, the, is the key to it all. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, when you go into big cities, how mm-hmm. that affects their business, you know, and, and what, what senators and congressmen end up voting, you're really going to see yeah. what they really believe, you know, and how, and how, uh, how much that affects it. It'll also be interesting to see the other side of the argument that doesn't want this legislation pushed through. If you're arguing not to move it down from 0.08, 
you're basically arguing for drunk driving. Right. You're supporting drunk driving. That's in that, right. In that case. That's, kind of, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's going to be weird. Yeah, you're going to be on the edge. There's no <laughs> doubt. You better come up with some good stats that at .08, you can still write a thesis of some point. Because if you, if, you, if you get to that argument and somebody's like, oh, so it's okay to go out and drunk and drive, uh, it's going to be a hard argument to sustain for sure. So Jeff Saturday's no time soon is going to start the movement to move it up back to .10. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good where it is. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to make any movements right now. <laughs> All right, well, Jeff, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, we look forward to having you back to talk about some more issues uh, with, with fitness. Uh, we won't bore, uh, bore you now, but you've lost some t- a ton of weight yeah. since, you, since you've quit playing. I want to learn more about that in a, in a longer segment to be aired later. Uh, and we appreciate your time. We're so excited to have you part of the show now as we move across the country with our national syndication. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. The show rolls on, literally rolls on, on two wheels. We're with biking fitness expert Jay Baker. Hi, Jay. How are you? Adam, it's a pleasure, and I'm glad that you went out riding with me. I was going to go riding by myself, but it was great to have the company. Yes, in fact, we just wrapped up a, I'm going to guess we went 60 or 80 miles. How far did we go? Uh, We went 30, but it was the thought that counts. Boy, it felt like 80. It sure Um, did. 30 miles. That's that's easy for you. It was uh, was tough for me. I'm telling you, thanks for having me come out. I enjoyed myself, and we're going to wrap up our biking. 30-mile bike ride with an interview with you about your biking and your fitness. Well, thank you. Uh, Yeah, it's been one of those things. I've always liked biking. And now, you know, biking is so crazy, Adam, as you can imagine. If you go to a bike shop, you get inundated with the colors and the equipment and the technology. But that is, I think, the really cool thing is this is a great time. It's as great a time as any to be out biking. Now, I think it's important to mention for our social awareness audience with issues like obesity uh, and fitness, I think it's important to mention that you were a triathlete maybe two decades ago, 20-plus years ago, a triathlete. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I competed up through 1991. Okay. Then, since 91, 92, the early 90s, you um, had some, I guess, weight issues, we could call them, and uh, you recently have lost the weight, and you're back on the bike. Can you talk about... uh, I guess what what happened to get you to that point where you didn't ride and you did have the weight, um, and then what happened? What clicked in your head for you to say, you know what, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to lose all the weight. How much have you lost? How when did you start biking? Tell us this story. Well, I'm glad you asked about it because you're right. It was a bit of a saga. And back in 1991, I had some uh, issues with employment and some different things, and I, I kind of just lost that uh, that verve to get out there and really go out and hammer and compete. And I slowly but surely put on weight. And I bet you this is many people's story, Adam. You put on, let's say, 14 pounds a year. Doesn't sound like that much. But then eventually, you know, you do quick math, three, four years down the pike. You're well on your way to being really overweight and out of shape. And um, I think I got to a point, and it might have been, I could have been at a bike store or something along those lines where I realized if I don't do something, I'll never do that again. And for everybody, you have to determine what is that. What is the one thing you don't want to not do? And that can really help propel you forward. Now, I decided to take the easiest possible way for weight loss because I'm a wimp. And I usually, I, I used a phone app called Lose It. And all I did was enter my calories and it gave me a suggested number of calories I should deficit each day to reach my goal. And I selected that I wanted to be this amount of weight. And uh, very thankfully, in one year, I lost 125 pounds. Unbelievable. Congratulations. No, I I appreciate that. And, you know, what's crazy is people will go through very expensive 
and painful. And, and, and there isn't an element of danger to it. Bariatric surgery where they'll pay ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000, kind of subject themselves to some physical risk. And I kind of did it for free. And I, I'm, so I'm not being cocky, but I'm just pleased that it turned out that way. And I think for most people it could work. And it didn't involve a lot of willpower. It just basically involved momentum and having a goal. Now, you were telling me before we started the bike ride today that your goal isn't finished. You want to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anybody that's uh, struggled with their weight knows that the BMI chart uh, is one of those, uh, you know, it's it's one of those big yardsticks that just will not go away. And so I was chuckling to myself. I thought, gosh, I've lost all this weight. I look on the BMI chart. It goes, no, you've still got a ways to go. So as a man who likes challenges, I, I just view this as just another challenge. Okay, so 125 up to date. You yeah. want to go maybe how many more? You know, I would like to lose about another 50 pounds from where I'm at right now. And I have no doubt you're going to do it. No, I appreciate that. And so far, everything has clicked into place. And as you and I you know, we've been around each other quite a bit. You've been really athletic and active most of your adult life. And I always used to chuckle about not being able to keep up with you. So part of the reason I want to lose the 50 pounds is so that I can not only keep up with you, but possibly challenge you in the future. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, I'm already having a tough time keeping up with you. This 30-mile bike ride was pretty hard. I know you just did a half marathon, and you're going to go for a full marathon here in the next year or so. Yeah, in fact, um, uh, this fall I'm going to do a full marathon because I thought to myself, that's great. That's the one thing that you can later go, you know, I did a marathon. So, you know, I chuckle to myself because I never want to have an athletic goal or accomplishment is, uh, hey, I'm better than you. I just want someone to go, wow, that sounds really hard. So I can wink and go, you're right, it was really hard. And I'm not you know, I'm certainly not looking at that it isn't a challenge. It really is. But you and I both know we've done athletic things in the past, not so we can go around and flex our muscles and, uh, you know, pick up women in a bar. We're, we're pretty much doing this because it's like, no, this is what keeps us healthy. You and I are both competitive. And you don't, you and I both know if someone said, hey, look, you guys, I'll give you an all-you-can-eat dinner if you run through this brick wall. You and I would probably do it. Oh, uh, oh So yeah. you know how it is. So yeah, it's one of those deals. So, you know, it's that ultra-competitive kind of weirdo in you that says, look, if, the, if a human being can do a, a marathon, I bet I could too, you know? So it's one of those. Jay Baker is our guest. If you haven't uh, noticed by now, he's also uh, a national-level broadcaster. You've worked in radio and television for a better part of three decades um, with national syndication. And uh, I'm happy to have you on as a fitness expert now. With the weight you've lost, you actually uh, qualify as a national fitness expert. And we look forward to bringing you back on this show, uh, not as a broadcaster, but as a fitness expert. No, I would love that. And I think it's kind of cool... As you probably know, whenever you embark on any kind of journey, whether you want to learn a musical instrument or you want to lose weight or you want to get healthier, you always look to people who mentor or you also look to people that can be an inspiration to you. And I've always felt like, hey, if nothing else, I've always enjoyed the story. If I did it, you can do it too, because to me that brings it down to a great level. You and I both know that you probably need to know an incredible amount of knowledge to climb Mount Everest, mm -hmm. but you and I both know it can be done if you connect with the right people. So if we could be part of that, I'm very excited about it. I would, I, I would be honored. Well, you can climb that mountain. I'll just ride 30 miles with you on the bike, and we look forward to having you on the show again. Real quick, let's have your uh, digital properties for our audience to be able to get in touch with you. What's your Twitter, Facebook, that kind of stuff? Uh, right now, Facebook is merely Jay Baker. 
I got lucky. I got my own name as a Facebook <laughs> name. Very few people get to keep their own name, as you know. So, yeah, uh, mostly Jay Baker. And, Adam, you're going to kill me, but I'm going to have to learn Twitter from you. I'm a non-Twitterer, but I'm going I'm to get your assistance. You get me up to 100 miles a day on the bike, and I'll get you on Twitter. Uh, with my social media consultancy. That's a deal. I'll right. take you up on that one. In fact, you know what? I'll just throw the Twitter in for free. We don't have to go 100 miles on the bike. How about <laughs> you and I? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll pay a kid to go 100 miles and we'll get on Twitter together. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social technically. Let's check in with our good friend Jenny Enchando, a television news journalist in Dallas at Fox 4, also a fitness expert, uh, and we love her insights on this social awareness broadcast. Jenny Enchando, hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. First of all, uh, your last name is so fun <laughs> to say, and I'm remind- I want to know if anybody's brought up the movie Elf to you. No. no. With my with, name? No. Everyone always says Anchondo, Anaconda, and what is CH? The, no. Why? What is, what's the correlation with Elf? Well, the movie Elf with Will Ferrell, uh, and you've probably seen it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, there, there's the scene where he's going to work with his dad, and he walks down the hall, and he sees that guy named Francisco. And he says, ooh, Francisco, that's fun to say. <laughs> and I always, when I hear your last yeah. name, Anchando, I think I can hear Will Ferrell say, ooh, Anchando, that's fun that's to say. fun to say. <laughs> it is. So that's why you had me come on. Yeah. It had nothing to do with fitness background or anything. That's fine. Fitness <laughs> and um, health issues, obesity, uh, these are social awareness issues. And uh, you've got a different, I, I guess, perspective on these issues because you're also a television news journalist. So you get to see a lot of these stories play out in the news, which, first of all, I, I guess I, I need to commend you on having two separate <laughs> full-time careers as a television news journalist with Fox and as a full-time certified fitness trainer. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if commending me is the right thing to do. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, it's a pretty pr- crazy schedule. It's just something that I started out uh, studying fitness, school and community health education in college, and then also journalism, and then just sort of never was able to give up the fitness thing. I mean, it, over you know the twelve years that I've been working in this industry, it has become so much more predominant such a bigger need, I guess, in the community that it's almost like every time I try to say, okay, I'm not going to, you know, train anymore. I'm not going to teach any more classes. Something pulls me back into it. Um, just, just within the community, it's definitely needed to have people working in the industry. One of the things I, I like about what you do on your website, JennyAndChando.com, is you take advantage of having uh, household items yes. involved in your workouts. <laughs> Tell us more about that. This is something that I started doing when I first started training clients. And, you know, the number one problem was not being able to afford a gym membership. And I can relate to that. There, I Believe me, there have been many times in my own life when I was very first, you know, just, you know, you're starting out. It's expensive to have a gym membership. It's also time-consuming to drive, everything like that. And that's, that's nothing against gyms. I've, you know worked in gyms for years, but um, for people who are looking for an alternative or just have kids at home or are not able to leave the house for whatever reason, um, we use sacks of flour as weights. We use... um, Gosh, jugs of water, jugs of milk, soup cans, um, stairs, like stairs inside your house. We, I, I use paper plates, sort of like, do you remember that 80s slide workout? There oh, were yeah. infomercials on it. Okay, so still relevant. I use, you know, a, a wood floor and paper plates, same thing, and it's, you know, cost two cents. So, yeah, I mean, I'm really, really big on that, and I've developed entire programs for my clients that I go to train at their houses, and all we use is stuff that they have at their house. 
And those, those videos of those uh, types of activities uh, on your website, which again is jennyandchando.com. And Chando, that's fun to say. That's fun to say. Uh, and, Anchan- and Chando is, is spelled exactly the way you'd say it. Uh, <laughs> and Chando. Yep, exactly. And those videos on your website, are those... Um, can you actually, from your house, watch those videos and, and work out along with them? Yeah, that's the whole idea. Is okay. they're they're free to everybody. Um, we it was just something I wanted to do because people would ask like, so how do you do that with the bags of flour? How do you you know what should I do to exercise? So we just wanted to put together some videos, something nice and succinct that are good for all fitness levels, so people can go on there. And there's a bunch of different workouts. Some of them are written out with descriptions. Some of them you just kind of watch and follow along. And that way people can try them with their kids. They can try them with their spouse. They can do them on their own just from their computer. All you need is to have, you know, some floor space and then your computer. Or even, you know, you can look at it from your phone. You can do it out on the grass. I've done that a couple times with uh, friends or family members when I was testing out those workouts. I'd say, okay, we're going to go take my phone, go out to the park, and, you know, kind of try out this workout and see how it goes. So, yeah, it's free, easy for everybody to do. Jenny Anchando is our guest, fitness expert, and we want to talk real quick about a social uh, a social issue rather that has really been getting a lot of press, and that is child obesity. And you know, I don't know what the statistics are, what the answer is to this. If there's a solution, from my point of view, is just a 42 year old guy. It's just simple electronics. It's iPads. It's iPhones, and it's it's nasty, uh, sugar, high calorie food, and a mix of no exercise. It, is it that simple? Get out and exercise and, and eat fewer calories and fewer junk food. food. Yeah, well, yeah, yes and no. Yes and no. I mean, because like you say, there's so there's a video game generation, but then we have the Wii Fit. We do all of these things, but then to a certain extent, there is there is at least like this social consciousness, uh, this effort that's coming around full circle to make it a little bit better. Um, the agency, which I'm certified through, the American Council on Exercise, just did a study on the Wii Fit to find out, okay, is this enough? Is this enough to replace my son going and playing basketball on a team and and long story short it was no that's not enough to replace what kids used to do it's better than nothing it's better than sitting and just playing a video game to get up and do and dependent on the game some games are more intense than others but i mean it's uh so, so there's that so there's that it's like our attempts are not big enough it's like you know the school lunches there have been huge changes in school lunches government standards uh over the last several years which i i commend the schools for doing However, is it as good as the homemade lunch that everybody used to get back in the day? Probably not. You know, so it, it's sort of like there's these efforts, but but there's probably not enough done. The other thing with obesity, which obesity rates approximately 30% across the country for adults, um, you know, so I, I don't know of anything else really, uh, you know, aside from uh, issues like, like poverty in the economy that impact that many people. So yeah, 30% of people are, are dealing with something like this. There, there are others that are, you know, well on their way. But um, when it comes to obesity, there's also the aspect of it that is um, sort of, we were just talking about some news stories, bullying, judgment, uh, shame, things like that with people that are overweight. And I, and this is a personal belief of mine, I believe that that, that uh, stigma and that sort of allowed hatred toward people that are overweight uh, is debilitating to that population. It makes it hard for them to go out and exercise. It makes them hard to go to the gym. It makes them feel more isolated. And it's... Um, I mean, there's just, there's an emotional connection to something like that. So um, I think it's kind of a a hard circle to get out of when you're kind of in that poor nutrition zone, where you're in that zone of not being used to working out, where you feel unathletic, you feel not empowered. It's hard to get out of that, especially when the overall population sometimes looks down on people like that. So 
I don't know. There's no, a million that, different things that, that are makes involved. That a lot of sense. The, the hardest part sometimes is just making that first step. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for you, and I just want your opinion on this sure. as, a, as a TV news journalist yeah. as well. I, one of my best friends, we've, we've argued that, um, you know, back, you mentioned back in the day with healthier school lunches. Back in the day for us, it was not uncommon to leave your house in the morning and ride your bike all day and not go home until the sun goes down. And now I have kids, and my, I guess, opinion on that is, hey, I'd rather have the kids in the house because I know they're safer. There's a lot. I, I'm just, you fear the news stories. You fear it's, it's Fox News and CNN 24 hours a day. It's Nancy Grace. There's abductions and kidnappings. And, hey, kids, just stay. In. I'd rather have you in the basement, play video games, and gain some weight than risk your lives and go ride your bike all day. My friend argues that there's no... Uh, th- the, the statistics aren't any higher that kids are getting kidnapped. It's just that we are more, it's more in our face because of the 24-hour news cycles and news services that are out there. Do you think from a new, now, now yeah, you're a TV no, news, news journalist, true. Are, do you think it's worse out there or we're just getting slammed in the face with these um, abductions and kidnappings? Should uh, we allow our kids to go out and play all day? Well, yeah, really good question. We discussed this a lot, actually, in our in our newsroom, uh, talking about, okay, are even us as journalists, are we more aware of this because of that 24-hour news cycle? And I don't know the exact statistics with, um, you know, exact, you know, abductions from year to year and things like that, but absolutely as a whole, because there is 24-hour news and because there are several 24-hour news networks and several shows that will showcase one incident for um, an hour, you know what I mean? And yeah. it really, really ingrained it in the parents' head. I think that that's, that's absolutely something that, you know, we lean more toward because there's something has to be on TV. However, that stuff is still happening. And I'm not a parent, but I can say that after spending as much time as I, you know, this many years in a newsroom, I would be having my kids inside or in organized sports because it is so frightening to think about, you know, I, I, the cases stick out in my head from every single place that I've been about missing children. And I, I, you know, will probably be the most paranoid parent there ever is like, you know, 12 year olds on leashes, (laughs) you know, because, because that stuff does happen. Yeah. It may just be a few and maybe it's not getting any worse, but it's still a few. And if it's your child, then your life is gone. You know, it's done. It's over. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's so my brothers and I would go, we lived, um, in, an, in, a, in a really rough neighborhood, actually, growing up. And so there was a little, there were a few restraints on us. But, yeah, for the most part, we would go, we all played soccer, and then my brother played football. So we'd play soccer, football, then come home, and we had our rollerblades and bikes, and, we'd, you know, run around, run around, run around, and then, yeah, come back in. We had to be in by dark, you know, and that was kind of the thing. But um, it is it is a different world now, and I just, after sitting next to that news scanner all day, I think it's okay to keep the kids inside yeah. doing the Wii Fit for a little while and then, yeah. you know, do the organized sports stuff, go out as a family, you know, ride your bike outside together as a family, just, you know, because that stuff. And Chando, that's fun to say. It is so fun to say. Well, I tell I you. I say it every morning about 37 times <laughs> <laughs> on our morning show. <laughs> and we're going to bring you back on the show if, if you want to and talk more to. about these social issues uh, concerning fitness and weight and obesity and overweight and uh uh, one thing I, I want to, the next time we have you on, we can talk more yeah. about time management and your ideas on managing your time. Because, again, you have a full-time TV job and a full-time fitness job. I think we were talking earlier off mic that a lot of people's complaints with uh, their physical you know, regimen is that they just don't have time to go out and work out. Yep. So you've got some tips and ideas on that. Definitely. That'll be on a future episode. Yeah, um, your digital properties and on Twitter is? At Jenny A. Fox 4, which is a harder one, but then you don't have to spell my last name. So J-E-N-N-Y. 
A F O X the number four. And that's important because now your employers get the branding. Yes. They get to use you to brand their station. <laughs> yes, you know they want that. <laughs> you know they do. I follow you on Twitter. There's some I cool stuff. You, you you're an interesting person. Oh, dear. Um, very yeah, who cool. Who knows what you're gonna see on that? You'll see fitness tips, my favorite junk foods. I mean, you'll see every, you know the the gamut. I lead a very regular and full and indulgent life as well. So yeah, yeah <laughs> all it, kinds of stuff on there. It's uh, moderation. Eat your thing. vegetables and the presidential debate is tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a mix of that. <laughs> All right, Jenny, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. Get to know Adam at adamritz.com. Get to know the radio show at adamritzshow.com. I'm Adam Ritz, and we are broadcasting today with the University of Iowa in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> that. And in case you didn't know, the University of Iowa is the number two party school in America. So we thought we'd take this opportunity to do a public service announcement for drug awareness. Just say no to drugs. Aunt Nancy said it. Uh, decades ago, Nancy Reagan, if you don't know, you guys are so young, you don't know who that is. Uh, just say no to drugs. So we're just going to go around the room. I'll shove the microphone in your face. Give me one good reason why you should not do drugs. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. Don't want to die. You, well, that's kind of it's not healthy, so that doesn't count. <laughs> no, okay, I'll give that to you. You don't want to die. Hurt your body. You can hurt your body? There's a lot of very health-conscious people in the room. My coach would kill me. Your coach would kill you. Your coach would kill you. Literally. Yeah. Would, would your coach... Now, would your coach kill you if it was a certain kind of drug, or just all drugs in general? All of them, in general. <laughs> okay, and what's your sport? Field hockey. Field hockey, okay. That's, you've got to be mean to play that. I guess so, I've, yeah. heard, I've read that you can play field hockey better if you're strung out on drugs. You know, I have no idea. I've no? never tried. Okay, your coach would get mad. You're, I think you're right. Why should we not do drugs? My coach would kill me, too. Your coach in field hockey as well? Yeah. Okay. Well, you've got a mean coach. So what we've learned is if you want to do drugs, don't play field hockey at the University of Iowa. Okay. Why don't we do drugs? Because uh, I have people that care, care about me. You do. I care about you. I, they care about you. They do. Do you want to do that again? Let's do it again. No, I'll cry. I'll, I, people care about me. I'm not going to cry this time, though. So. Okay. All right. And that's a, that, we'll end on that one, because you're right. There's a lot of people that care about you. Friends, family members, people through your life, people you haven't even met yet. Um, they care about you, and they don't want you to do drugs. That is a public service announcement from the number two party school in America, the University of Iowa. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.